Ben Fagan here with another episode of Career Cash, the podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined by associate consultant at Three Clouds, Andy Eliakim. On the episode, Andy talks about discovering an interest in data analytics, where he feels the field is heading, and how you can build a career in the industry. It's an awesome conversation. Let's get to it. Well, I'm pumped and I'm excited like I am for just about every show. And today I have Andy. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? Fantastic. Fantastic. So what I what I like to do to start, and I, I think this just brings context to everything, how I start uh, you know, each episode, is having you share a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis um, to bring a little context about uh, your background professionally, and then we'll kind of dive into um, some things from there, how you got there, where you're headed um, from there. Uh, but so kind of take us through what you do on a day-to-day basis. Sure. Um, so I am a associate consultant with a company called Three Cloud Solutions uh, in the data analytics practice of providing consulting services for data analytics platforms and uh, other cloud services. And I am currently in the uh, consultant training program. I started uh, this past June and I'm currently on the bench, not on any projects at the moment, doing all types of trainings and uh, group internal projects to get me up to speed and just a full crash course into becoming a consultant for 3Cloud. Awesome. So was that something, was getting into the data analytics and this kind of field something that you, you knew from an early age, whether that was middle school, high school going forward or something that you discovered through college, or was that something that you just kind of stumbled upon? How did we get to this point, you know, where, where you're working in this field? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I have a master, um, I have a bachelor's in a, uh, where I majored in marketing and minored in public relations at Lynn. But it wasn't until I took the Excel class with Joe Ingalls that I'm like, oh, I love data. I love Excel. I love all this. And I want to learn more about it. Um, and I, I knew I wanted to do a lot more business stuff when I started school, but it wasn't until that class that I had like a really large interest in it and wanting to know what do I need to do to get up to speed for it. Um, and an issue with it was that I was already a junior at the time. And if I would have taken on another major, even though it was still kind of in the works at the time for the data analytics uh, major and minor, and it wasn't as a master's degree yet. So it was either I take a major and then graduate later with um, a double major and a minor, or I go on for a master's degree to learn the hard math skills and accelerate it at a different school. And that's what um, Joe Ingalls recommended that I do. Um, so I did that. I did a, a two-year traditional master's program, uh, not an MBA, a specialized master's program at the University of Florida um, studying information systems and operations management in the um, data science concentration. And that gave me a lot of hard data skills uh, to then jump into a, a career in data analytics. No, so not coming from that background, going into that master's program, did you feel at all as if you were kind of behind the eight ball um, or what, what was that process like? So not necessarily coming from that hard and fast background in undergrad. Yeah, so I, I didn't even take a pre-cal class or any hard statistics class. So I had no understanding at all. And I just tried doing every elective that I can with Joe Engels and uh, the other classes in the data analytics uh, um, section of the classes. The, I think they're ISM at Lynn. Um, and I just did everything before I started just to get up to speed with it. Um, but the great thing about the master's program that I was in is they even take people who aren't business background. So they try to get everyone up to speed. 
um, as quickly as possible and very quick semesters too. Um, they were eight week semesters split into um, two semesters um, every semester. So every eight weeks, I got a new set of classes. Now, did you feel not coming from that that original data analytics background benefited you um, throughout this process or what what was that like for you going through that's not necessarily having that background um, like going into the masters like you're saying you're coming from all that you have people coming from all different backgrounds what was your experience um, being one of the people not coming from that background uh, I definitely uh, felt like I wasn't up to speed with everyone else but the great thing that I feel Lynn has really put into all their classes is public speaking, writing, and so on and so forth. So it gave sort of this um, external side that I believe most people who are studying data analytics or computer science or artificialologists don't really have. And I didn't really see a lot of at the University of Florida. So Lynn really put an emphasis on that. So I feel like it gave me sort of an edge as um, something that I could be uh, good at compared to my peers, um, but uh, still, Everyone was able to come up to the exact same learning curve, um, and it was uh, it was fine at the end of it. At first, it wasn't. <laughs> right. I think that's such a unique point that you bring up because that's not. I, I think it. I mean, it makes a world of sense that um, you know the the field of data analytics doesn't necessarily lend itself to the public speaking to those types of things, and and how that does provide an advantage, um, you know, for you with that. And so, keeping something like that in mind, how does how does how do those skills combined with what you learned in your master's kind of play into some things that you're doing today? Sure. Um, well, a big thing about data analytics is, and I'm sure you've seen the technology, it's growing at such a huge pace. Everything is a data point and everything needs to be analyzed by all types of companies and all types of business. It, it pretty much shapes business as a whole. Um, and a big thing about it is getting non-data people to understand data, and that revolves around a lot of communication. And that's why a lot of people jump into consulting because there's a lot of different businesses that pretty much live in the 80s in terms of how they store their data, how to analyze their data. And they need people who have an understanding of it to bridge that gap and understand it. So a lot of it does come with uh, those people skills in trying to relay the information while also having the hard background of understanding. Got it. Now, when you, when you talk about data, and, and like you mentioned, it's just everybody and anybody has it, needs it, wants it, you know, everything like that. But what can you kind of give a um, uh, Reader's Digest explanation in, in terms of what, what it means to look at data? What kind of data are you looking at? And I know that varies from industry to industry greatly, I would imagine. Um, but I think um, using the term data, you know, at large, um, I, I'm speaking for myself only. Um, mm. I, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what that means. So, what what are those things that the companies are looking for? Whether it's the work that you do or just the general industry at large, um, in terms of like major categories, um, in terms of analyzing it and what that means for the companies and the organizations that you're doing the work for. Sure. Well, there's a big trend in digital transformation, while also in trying to incorporate some type of AI. Everyone wants to try and predict, in a sense, about. And a lot of that has to do about where they are currently in how they're ingesting their data and how they're able to read the data. Um, and to give, um, an, I guess, a good compare, an, an idea about that, let's say on your desktop, you have a bunch of files. They need to be organized. They need to be of the right file type in order to get some usable way out of it, or you're not going to understand what they're looking at. They have to have the right name. They have to be in the right folder, so on and so forth. So all, the, all of it's able to work together to give you some type of understanding. 
Um, that could relate to a lot of uh, business intelligence applications like dashboards in order to show you like, hey, where are we going? Um, stock market, for example, for that. But a lot of companies are wanting to jump from unstructured data of images, files, so forth, to then like, hey, let's predict where we're going to be in the next five years. And there's a lot of that in between of, of that struggle for growth that everyone's trying to get to. And so where, where do you come down in, in your, your personal opinion in that kind of, um, I suppose, arms race, for lack of a better word, of having like everything being AI driven? Um, and is, is the human component something that um, you believe is important? I don't know if important is the right word, but um, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you balance remaining, you know, having that human component, but also using the AI and, and um, that, that prediction to benefit the organizations and benefit, you know, I think society generally at large? Yes. Uh, well, the problem is AI isn't there yet, it, it, or it isn't coming as quickly as people might think. We It could be in the next 10 years, five years, you know, could be longer down the road. And so we really need that human component to have an understanding of where things are going on because computers aren't up to that speed yet. Um, and to have, um, and especially, yeah, the people component, because we need in order to have, let's say, artificial intelligence, you need a lot of historical data in order to then predict on that. Um, we learned a little bit about that in, in data science, which focuses heavily on it, to where you are having prediction models, to where you have test data and uh, partition data, so that you can then go into that stage and test it to go see if it can create some type of prediction models. But a lot of companies and a lot of data aren't there yet. But something that um, I am seeing working at a uh, cloud consulting service company is a lot of people just need help in structuring their data just so it's usable and everyone can get it. So that focuses on a lot of data engineering to where you're creating pipelines and ways for people to go from normal source systems all the way into the cloud and back out so everyone has all the information and can understand it. That's really interesting. Now I want to go back a little bit in um, when you kind of mentioned, you know, a bit earlier saying that the, the data analytics wasn't necessarily the, the original plan, it was something that you came across um, through, you know, the class with Joe Ingalls, and you're like, man, the Excel stuff, really, really fun, really exciting. So before, prior to that class, prior to that experience, what was the original plan? Where were you heading, um, you know, within academics in your career? Sure. Um, so, like I said, I, I majored and minored in marketing and public relations, and I had a big interest in sort of the consumer research side of marketing with marketing plans. Uh, I loved uh, McFarland's class on, on marketing and entrepreneurship. And uh, I also liked um, a lot of the public relations classes where I had to make public relations campaigns. So sort of the idea of that was to have a good understanding of the internal sides of business while making sure and to have an understanding of how to uh, save the face of a company in any type of crisis. So it was to have the two sides of that component that would make me well-structured if I were to jump into a, uh, in a specific type of business. Now, as you're going through the consulting trainings of things now, are you, are you seeing those themes and those concepts of more like saving the company face and, and those ideas come up more frequently? Or is, is that kind of a separate field as to the things that you're working on? Well, a big thing as being a consultant uh, for my company, especially, is we are being taught to be advocates um, and to try to be as, as supportive and close to the clients as possible because if there's something in the future that we could help on, we may have a future deal down the line. We have more opportunities to help them with their data or in different aspects that the company could help as well. Um, and a lot of it just has to do with um, 
um, being supportive and then also trying to be good listener as well. So a lot of those people skills come in. Uh, a big thing that my company says is anybody could be a technology consultant, but we need to be people consultant first. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. That kind of keeps that, that the, the people aspects of things in the forefront, you know, like you're saying, um, you know, I would imagine even when the, the technology gets there, that still has to, you know, be at the forefront, you know, of things. So I think that's a very interesting angle um, you're going in. And the more that you talk about the, the different kind of values and philosophies that you have, uh, that the company has, um, going through that, that job search process to get to this point, what was it that you were looking for in a company? Um, and what was it that you found in this company that really resonated with you that stood out and made you want to, you know, uh, work for them or work with them? Sure. Um, well, I, I think a big thing, especially coming from a non uh, data analytics background for my bachelor's degree and then jumping right into an accelerated program, I, it was I had to come up quickly in terms of what I want to do. Many people jump into consulting, people jump into more specialized industries, and I still still trying to have an understanding of what type of data do I want to do. Do I want to build dashboards? Do I want to do artificial intelligence? Do I want to build um, databases? I wasn't sure. And it was all very, um, had to be done very quickly. Um, and so a big thing about it is, is getting in, an understanding in terms of what was I passionate about, what type of industries I was, and then what's available out there. Because um, a big thing with job titles is no job title has the same title. And a lot of job titles could be on one specific category or in a majority of different categories. And it just depends on what the company is looking for. So it was mainly about looking for those keywords and those buzzwords. And just something that stood out for me for my program is I didn't feel I was completely prepared um, in order to get into the work world. Um, but this boot camp that I'm in now is giving me so many skills that would just accelerate me on top of my master's degree and whatever I learned from Lynn into uh, any possible um, industry and, and whatever I need to for my career. Now, what, what was that process like, um, you know, as you were going through, okay, looking at these different things, what, what sources did you use? What resources did you use? What kind, what was your kind of day-to-day -day like when you were searching for the job? Sure. Um, so the first thing was we needed an internship for the master's degree, and this was a big part of that job search. So I took a few uh, business intelligence classes at Lynn with, with Joe Ingalls and learning Tableau. So I knew that's already a skill that I need and I was able to use. So I was applying for a lot of BI intensive roles, um, which could be in some cases a little under data analyst as a, as a starting role. And um, I was able to intern with Southeast Toyota distributors in um, Deerfield Beach um, as a fixed operations analyst, which revolved around But in order to get that process, it was going through all keywords on LinkedIn for job posts and trying to make sure I talked to recruiters. And especially because it was during COVID, it was seeing if I could work remotely across the country or closer and going from there. And so was that, was that like a, something you worked on every single day? Was that like, because I know the, the plans change you know, from person to person, but that's something that I'm particularly interested in um, too, is what those individual plans look like. So for you, what was that to keep you going to work through that process? Because, you know, the job search process can be very tedious at times. Um, so what was it that kept you going? What was that kind of setup that you had for yourself? Um, so you knew you were making steps in the right direction, not necessarily burning yourself out, but, but still making good progress. So what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I made sure to do at least two to three or maybe even five applications a day, mm -hmm. if necessary, just put myself out there. 
and to look to see at different opportunities. Because um, at the time, I didn't understand the importance of, <clears throat> sorry. We'll take a water break. I like where your head's at. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was starting to feel it. So I'm like, maybe it's a good time. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, a big thing that I didn't understand at the time for a lot of the, um, the application and, and trying to find an opportunity process was that connection you need with recruiters, which I soon found out later on is you are just, uh, a lot of companies use some type of uh, machines to where if you don't fit any buzzwords, your application gets filtered out because there's so many applications go through every day that many recruiters may not even see. So it does revolve around that personal point that you could have with the recruiter to go say, hey, you know, do you have any opportunities? Or maybe you know somebody that's in your network that you could go talk to that might be working the company. And I didn't know that at the time or have an understanding about it. So I just applied everywhere that I can and I ended up getting to maybe like 220 something applications in a few months. And I finally got like two or three interviews out of those applications and, and then landed that, that role with uh, Southeast Toyota. Um, but, um, but for my role specifically, I um, wasn't sure when I was graduating um, and I really loved the bootcamp aspect and I went through the whole process and, uh, and uh, was, was happy to, uh, to be extended for it. So you, you said about 230 applications you sent out, give or take, and yep. got how many, three, three interviews? Yep. More or less. So how do you, how do you keep yourself going through that? It, it was tough. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get an internship or if anybody was going to talk to me, but uh, I, I was lucky enough to, uh, I actually almost messed up an opportunity um, because um, on my phone, I had it to block unknown, uh, you know, spam callers. And okay. it thought the recruiter who was calling me was a spam caller. So I almost missed my first interview and I had to reschedule a day later wow. uh, because it, it blocked his number because he thought he was spam, I guess, because so many calls from, from recruiters. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was tough. And I almost accepted an opportunity with a company, which I didn't think was a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. because it would have gave me a lot of skills, but really have thrown me in the deep end for my understanding and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And the amount of level of skill they, they required for an internship was more like a senior level job mm -hmm. um, for data analytics. So I was about to go for that, but yeah, it was, it was tough to keep going for it, but you know, keep a positive outlook on it and good, good stuff will come your way. So how do you end up uh, resolving that, you know, the missed call, how'd you end up handling that with that, the recruiter for that first interview? Yeah, so I sent an email. Um, I said about how um, it was an issue uh, with my spam call, but I'm still greatly interested in this opportunity and would, and would love to still continue this, this conversation. And we, we ended up rescheduling for the next day and made sure to turn off all spam blockers from my phone so I didn't have any issues. Uh, and then I want to say two weeks later, I did one interview and then I was extended, which I was surprised at. But um, but uh, I, I met the qualifications and uh, I. Uh, apparently it was right for the role. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And I, I think such a great little story, you know, to, to share, because those things happen, like run into technology issues, you know, scheduling issues, those things happen, but the communication there is key. Um, you know, I think actually, you know, in, in many instances can play to your advantage because it says, you know, you face a little adversity, but you work through it, you found a solution. And, I, you know, I think there's a lot of employers and recruiters out there who, you know, do see that as a plus, um, but really, um, even if they don't, it's still like, you know, that communication aspect is, is huge there. So I want to, let's, let's look at, um, 
what what can current students who are wanting to get into the data analytics field do? How do you how do you go about breaking into this industry and building your career uh, in this field? Sure. Well, a big thing that I want to say, which is um, not to give away the the career cash right. uh, later on, um, but it, it's having a lot of faith in yourself. And if if you try to compare yourself to someone who's a software engineer you're never going to get up to that level because anyone can get up to that level with some type of level of regimen and just wanting to, to learn. So practice as much as possible. See what, um, if you do want to get into this industry, see what the different job titles are, what the qualifications are. Some require a master's degree, a bachelor's degree. My company, which was great, just required a bachelor's degree. And there's some people in my training program who transitioned from being a teacher in a middle school to now being a data analyst in a bootcamp program. So it just depends on the opportunity. If you want to work for Facebook as a, a project manager, let's say, or a, uh, um, yeah, or a project manager, um, just look at the qualifications, look at the keywords, uh, talk to recruiters or talk to people in the industry um, to then see um, what you could do to jump into it. There's so many resources out there. And if you want to do it in school, that's great. I did it through school. Or if you want to do uh, an online course, I believe Coursera, offers a certification course, which is equivalent to a bachelor's degree for data analytics. So there's just so many resources out there and it just requires the regiment to learn and, and continue to grow your skills because there's so many new technologies and data analysis tools out there coming all the time. And in order to be in this industry, you have to have an understanding of what's going on and trying to be the expert in the room. I love that. That's, that's super exciting because it is something that's there. The demand is going to continue to be there for. And, and like you're saying, it sounds like there's an abundance of resources out there to break into the field. So that's great. I think the natural transition here is like you kind of mentioned, uh, you gave us a little teaser there and I don't think the people can wait any longer. Uh, it, it's going to be time to cash out. So let's go ahead and hear your greatest, your, your biggest uh, piece of advice, tip, lesson that you've learned along the way to leave us with a little extra money for the road. Sure. Um, when you work for all these different companies, you're going to make lots of projects and you're going to do a lot of great things in your career, maybe 30, 40 years, however long. However, you're not going to own any of them. What you are going to own, though, is your network. All the people you meet along the way will lead you to so many different opportunities and connections. If you keep those connections alive, if it's someone that you're talking to from school, if it's someone that you've worked on a project for a few months and you keep opening that line of communication you'd be open to so many doors along the way outstanding he said at the beginning it's going to be short concise and sweet and you delivered and it was extremely valuable and uh this whole this whole conversation was super awesome it was a field that i was super excited to to get to talk to you, to you about um because it was one that i wasn't personally so familiar with and that's what i love doing um you know with this show so thank you so much and i know you're going to continue to do great things and i'm excited to uh, see your success along the way yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.